Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Good morning, everyone. It is draft day, one of the best days in the NFL calendar. It's something that we talk about for many months do hundreds of mock drafts, all the arguments on Twitter and everything else. And then today's the day that we finally get to see how wrong all of us were, because hardly anyone's ever going to be right, uh, unless you're Josh Norris for your 59 from last year in the Hull draft. Um, but uh, for those of you that aren't aware, we've done this the last couple of years, do a UK fans mock draft. So there's 32 GMs across the UK um, who do a full seven-round mock draft. This tends to start late March, and this finished, uh, I think, about 10 days, maybe two weeks ago. So there are some trades that have happened since that aren't included in in this. Uh, so the draft board does look a little wonky, especially if you include the Patriots' pointless trade down uh, from last uh, from Monday night. Um, but as a result, I thought we'd bring in an expert in college football and a good friend of mine, Ben Isaacs. You can hear him. On the Natcoom show, you can hear him on the uh, on Talksport on Sundays during the NFL season and before, uh, as well as also you can read some amazing work from him, and you can find him on Twitter at tweets and Ben. Ben, welcome back. How are you, my friend? I am excellent. Like you say, draft day is one of the big days of the year. It's like Christmas Day, um, but they're just like just like with Christmas Day of old. And I'm, I'm talking before our time here, Murph, not uh, not uh, not our youth. But yeah. some people are going to be unwrapping kind of like lumps of coal. Yeah. On uh, on draft day, rather than the rather than like a brand new rally chopper, let's say. 
<laughs> Absolutely. And do you know what's funny? One of our DFS guys, Mark, he messaged me saying, well, draft day for you is a, is a bit like Christmas. And I went, it is. But the problem is when the Buccaneers are good, you get shafted to the end of the round. It's not quite as exciting when your team is good because you don't get a generational talent or the, the that belief that you're going to get a game-changing player. Like You just hope to get someone who's going to come in and add to what you have, which is a nice problem to have. Don't get me wrong. I'm not complaining. But there is something about holding a first overall pick or a top five pick or a top ten pick and drafting your next franchise QB or your next generational edge rusher or you know, I, I feel like if you're a good team or a consistently good team like the Steelers, the Steelers haven't had that opportunity for quite some time to, to draft high up on the board. It, I don't feel it carries the same magic in some of these. Yeah, I think oh. you're absolutely right. I, you know, when you know, The very first draft that I can remember was when Vinny Testaverde went number one overall to the Bucks, mm-hmm. And I was, you know, I was in a new NFL fan at that point. I'd been kind of like watching casually and I didn't, I didn't really kind of get the draft. And that was the first year I realized, okay, if you, if you are the worst team, you get the chance to have the best player. And it, it meant that I, it meant that I really kind of followed his career closely and dear God, I did not expect it to last for so long. And just have, <laughs> have so many kind of acts. You know, I remember him being, I remember him being a bust and a comeback player and a start and absolutely everything. But, um, a moment that I always associate with Vinny Testaverde and the one of my favorite number one overall picks was actually him on the Dave Letterman show in the late 90s oh, yeah. when he was when he was the Jets quarterback, when he really leading the Jets. And they set a challenge for him. They put a sandwich on the top of a Christmas tree and he had to <laughs> knock the sandwich off by throwing the ball. And at that moment, I realized I hadn't really heard him speak. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how I'd managed to go this far without really hearing much from him. I mean, obviously, in those days, you know, in the in the 80s and for most of the 90s, you wouldn't have just been kind of going online and watching some long form interview. You were not you were not catching him on a podcast, but he threw the ball. He hit the sandwich. The sandwich went everywhere as as it was designed to do. And Letterman said to him, like, oh, you know, you did it. And he said, oh, the sandwich exploded. <laughs> I thought, oh, dude, uh, I'm, I don't know about you in the huddle now. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's like, to me, when you think of number one overall picks, he is actually the first one that comes to mind. And he, although he didn't turn that, he didn't turn the box into winners. The thing is, is there is always, there's always that belief. And maybe in 15 years time, we're going to see Trevor Lawrence throwing a ball at a sandwich on a Christmas tree. If I have to wait 15 years for that, I'm sure someone's going to recreate that moment. Maybe oh, I... I'm going to send that clip to James Corden online. I'm not saying friends <laughs> with James Corden, not, but I'm just going to say, hey, can you recreate this with like Trevor Lawrence or or Malik Willis or someone um, from this year's class? Uh, so it's yeah. I mean, I, the the only thing I really, I mean, I I was a bit young <clears throat> for Ten- Vinny Testaverde in the beginning of his career at the Bucks, but he obviously was drafted about 18 months after uh, Steve Young was uh, drafted in the NFL or the USFL expansion draft mm-hmm. by the Buccaneers when the USFL folded after Donald Trump sued the NFL for three dollars. <laughs> um and then all the players from the USFL had to the original USFL obviously ties in nicely, there's a USFL now. Um but he obviously then came and signed for 
the Buccaneers was terrible. Traded to the 49ers, ended up having a great career. Vinny Testaverde, drafted, was terrible. Ended up having a, a pretty good career. Um, Tampa was not the place to be. <laughs> no, no <laughs> about nice, 96. Yeah, a nice place to live, not a, not a nice place to play. No. Um, and the thing is, is that it's, you know, we, we talk about the, the idea of a generational generational talent going going number one overall. It's always it's always got a different kind of flavor when it's when it's a quarterback. And one yeah. thing we can be sure of this year is a quarterback is not going to be taken number one overall. And thankfully, the the thirty two GMs that you worked with had enough sense to not conspire to uh, have one go number one overall. No, absolutely not. So let's. Um, so for those of you who are um, listening to this, there is a link in the show notes where you'll be able to access the draft and see this. We're not going to read out all the picks because it's 260 picks that will go. Uh, <laughs> it'll go a long way, but it was. I don't think anyone's surprised. Agent Aiden Hutchinson, the edge of Michigan, went number one to, to Jacksonville. Um, <clears throat> in fact, it's pretty chalky. I would say the first few picks, maybe Carolina and and the Giants. Flip-flopping on tackles there might be the first sort of spicy Ooh, point. Well, I tell you what. Okay, so yeah, I mean, Aiden Hutchinson, I think is is the right is the right call at number one. He's he's not as kind of splashy a pick, obviously, as um, as Lawrence. There there isn't there isn't a clear, obvious obvious number one player to the point where I think we all expect Aiden Hutchinson. But if Jacksonville turned around and picked cave on Thibodeau I it wouldn't blow my mind and I think those are the I think those are the one and two and I think they are both absolutely fantastic but instantly my eyes were drawn to the number three pick here with Houston taking Kyle Hamilton the safety from Notre Dame now I like everybody else I I do like Kyle Hamilton however I think he is going to be more of a kind of top top 15 maybe maybe top 10. Um, I just think you don't get such good value if you're taking a safety at number three. Only once in history have we ever seen a safety taken in the top five, and that was Sean Taylor. So it's it's a risky one, I feel. I personally, if I had that number three pick, I wouldn't be taking Carl Hamilton. No. Uh, I, I, think he's, yeah, I think it's what you said. I think he's, he's a good player. There is a, a strong position need there, but then I could argue... The most of the Houston Texans it, uh, exactly. roster is is, yep. a, is a position of need, and I think, you know, I look at Source Gardner was on the board, Evan Neal. I think they're all the sorts of players you could look at, um, at maybe going even Jermaine Johnson for for edge rusher. I think there's there's several players you could you could look at there. It's worth mentioning the Jets traded up to get uh, Timoteau. Um, yeah, like I said, we're not going to go through every pick. Was there any in the first round here that kind of stuck out as? slight reaches and and this was by the way before we started this before new orleans traded up so that's why philadelphia still had their two picks um and new orleans only have one so that obviously will have some connotations this isn't 100 percent accurate but there was trades allowed in this draft there were quite a lot of first round trades you will see some movement on this board but was there any ones that kind of stuck out here for you um yeah i mean i i think hamilton and even and even gardner i think are reaches in the top four, but these are these are talented. These are talented players. These are top ten caliber players. Trayvon Walker at number eight, um, who's going to Atlanta in this draft. I think that is just. I think that's exceptional value. I think he's potentially a top three talent there. Um, 
I liked I liked the aggression of um, we've got number nine uh, Seattle taking Malik Willis. Um, now, the quarterback situation in this draft is obviously shaky. Um, Malik Willis has a lot of talent. He's got a high ceiling, but I think he has also got a low floor. Now, I think he's got the potential to make a team very, very happy. But I think talent-wise, if he was in last year's draft, he would be a second rounder. And when you're using a top 10 pick on someone who would have been in the second round last year, it's it makes me uncomfortable. But Malik Willis does have that potential to be an absolute superstar in the right situation and with the right coaching. I don't expect him to start straight away. And let's say he was in, in Seattle. I, I don't think they would try to put him in and give him the keys to the offense in week one. But it's a risky one as far as I'm concerned. I didn't... Uh, it's it didn't didn't thrill me. Um, I I thought that um, Green Bay taking uh, Drake London number twenty two is also good value. We, you know it's a it's a really good draft uh, for wide receivers. So I particularly liked I particularly liked that one and more great wide receiver value at number twenty six. Got Tennessee mm. taking Chris Olave, who I I am absolutely in love with, and I feel bad saying that this is a reach but um at number 32 uh with detroit using their um pick from the super bowl winning rams david ajabo who obviously is very very talented had a fantastic season at michigan was disruptive and everyone everyone loves him he's just super coachable but he did get injured on his pro day and i think that's gonna i think that's gonna knock him down to the second round and i think he's gonna be great value at some point in the second round but if i was in that position I would probably not take David Ajabo. Yeah, I think that that makes sense. I I sit on the fence with it because I think if he's not injured, I think you could argue he would have gone in the first round. Sure. And I think this is similar to what Tennessee did a couple of years ago when they drafted our names just completely escaped me. Um Ah, uh, that's so annoying. Um, but they drafted a player, obviously, oh, Simmons. They drafted Simmons, knowing that he was going to be out. But with the fifth-year option, effectively, you're still getting that four years. Um, you're just basically taking the hit in year one. And you're paying a bit more salary, but for what he is, I, I, I guess that's the logic I can kind of see there. Um, just to sort of round up here, the skill positions in this draft, because we're going to go team by team now, were... The skill positions on offense, with the exception of wide receivers, were greatly un- underappreciated, I think it's fair to say. Two yes. quarterbacks round one. Um, one running back in the first two rounds, which ironically was was me at Tampa Bay taking Brees Hall because not it was a position of need, but he was, for me, the best player on the board at pick 60. Um, and I felt there was just no way I could. Uh, pass that up, despite the fact it's definitely not a position. <laughs> but I think sometimes you really do have to take the best player on your, as Michael Lombardi puts it, vertical board. Um, but no tight ends taken. I think Desmond Ritter was taken in the second round at pick 58 to Atlanta, which you love then, because they still get a QB, but they get Ritter all the way at 58. So yes. only one QB taken second round. Um, no tight ends taken in the top two rounds, one running back taken in the top two rounds. Does that surprise you? Is this like too sensible and we're not going to see this? Or what are your... Well, do you know what? I mean, I, I think I think it is very sensible. 
Um, personally, I'd probably put Kenneth Walker slightly above Hall, but it's a it's a little bit of a coin flip, really. And I think you're right when the Bucks are in a position of strength in that they can they can add the best player available. It's not kind of filling terrible holes. Um, the the quarterback situation, I am very much down on those quarterbacks. I do wonder if if someone does trade up um tonight in the draft and takes i think if someone's going to trade up they're probably going to take malik willis um because of his higher ceiling over over pickett i think what could happen then is the dominoes could fall is that quarterback hungry teams can then start to panic and Mm -hmm. worry that in the in the game of musical chairs they're going to be left standing which in an exercise such as this when it's it's a thought exercise nobody's job is resting on it. I think you are able to you are able to be a bit more sensible and say, Do you know what? I don't think I don't think there's a quarterback out there that's going to change the franchise. This is not what I would do. So I think we could see a a, a run on quarterbacks if someone trades up. Um, the running back situation, I wouldn't be surprised if no running backs are taken in the first two rounds. And obviously, that's that's almost what happened. Um, that's almost what happened with with this. The, the, there are there are decent value running backs, but there's no one really who is worth. I mean, definitely no one who's worth a first round pick, and there's certainly no one who's worth a top fifty pick. So I think having one go at sixty is about right. The tight end situation again. The tight ends aren't terrible, but there there are no game changers there. There's just a lot of okay tight ends who will be role players, and that's what these running backs are. Um, and a quarterback is never going to be a role player. A quarterback has to be the guy. You've got to be very confident. And I don't feel confident by any of these. I love the I love the Desmond Ritter at fifty eight, but everyone above that, ooh, yeah, not happy. So I, yeah. I, 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 it is sensible, and we can only we can only dream of NFL GMs being so sensible. I should mention Kenneth Walker went to Arizona with the sixty sixty third pick, which, uh, given the fact they bit light in that running back room is i think makes a lot of sense so um yeah you there was it definitely was an, an interesting draft to see a lot of defensive talent go um a lot of offensive line talent go and it, you know i think it demonstrated the strengths of the draft really came through here um and i feel like there was still some good value coming on through the board uh, definitely feel like there were some really good picks sort of going going down a bit. Um, but I'm with you on the quarterbacks, and I think you're right. I don't think we'll see this scenario play out because people get desperate. But if you're Atlanta this year, why would you take a quarterback at, at eight when, yes, I, I get it. You've got <laughs> Marcus Mariota. He's not going to instill any, any confidence. Are you going to win the division this year? Keep in mind, you haven't got anyone that can catch the ball on the yeah. team other than Kyle Pitts. So uh, maybe that's unfair to uh, Auden Tate but, and Omelani Sakias. But, you know, you haven't got a game-changing wide receiver. You haven't got... I always think the quarterback should be one of the last pieces that you add. That You've kind of built the team. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. 
Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforyoumc.org. And the, the quarterback is your final piece because you, you want to make the most of that rookie contract that's going to allow you to spread the money, yeah, get the game winners elsewhere. And I think if you're going out to rebuild your franchise, and we see it so many times, teams rebuild under a, a franchise QB at one and people wonder why it doesn't work because they get the, they get the quarterback, but there's no real talent around them. And there's some, there's some examples where, high-end QB talent just didn't work because they didn't work. Like Jameis Winston, you can't argue he didn't have talent to throw to. It just didn't work out. But there's some situations where QBs went into very talentless situations. And like Trevor Lawrence last year. It's not like, like, like Trevor Lawrence, like Justin Fields, like like, like Zach Wilson. You know, they, they were all put in situations where the cupboard was bare. The... You know they. You're right. They they're not they're not the final piece. And Atlanta, there's no need for them to kind of panic and be like, right, we need the quarterback now. You know, right. you can you can build the team. And um, you know, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I, I really I really like this this Atlanta this Atlanta draft. I think it's really good. I think it's it is kind of setting them up for the future. And even if even if they did take so at eight, we've got them as uh, Trayvon Walker. I love that at forty-three, Daxton Hill, the safety out of Michigan, who is flying up people's boards right now. Those those are two absolutely fantastic picks to start off with, and then and then Desmond Ritter. Let's say in real life, Atlanta took Walker and Hill, but didn't take a quarterback. They're in the position to take a quarterback next season when the draft class will be a lot stronger in that position. So you're right. Get yourself stocked up, then slot a quarterback in, and especially don't don't reach for a quarterback now when they are going to be very raw, have quite a low floor, and they don't have weapons around them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I couldn't agree more. Let's go through some of the teams. I'm going to highlight just a couple of picks from each one uh, as I read them out. We've done Atlanta, but let's go back to the Cardinals. So they took uh, Jordan Lewis, uh, defensive lineman out of Georgia. Kenneth Walker, we mentioned, and Joshua Paschal uh, from Kentucky, the defensive end. What did you think of their draft overall? They don't have tons of picks here, but no, I, I to me this is um, I would say this is a B um, because I re- I really like those first three picks. Um, the the problem is that it, there is then a hell of a gap um, mm. between their top three and the rest of them because of because of the way that their picks arrive. So their their next pick after eighty seven is two hundred and eight, and in those in those positions, they're getting they get. I mean, I I do like the cornerback from North Carolina, Kyle McMichael, who's here as pick two ten. But it does it. There is a drop off after that top three. But I think in terms of defensive talent, this is a really nice draft for Arizona. Yeah, and and they traded back a couple of times late to acquire those extra picks because of the fact they didn't have that many. So it's a good move by by their GM. But we've done Atlanta. What do you have a grade for them? Yeah, I would actually I would give Atlanta an A. For this i i really i really like it i've mentioned i've mentioned the top three but i also like jalen tolbert um as the as the fourth as their fourth pick the wide receiver out of alabama and i like brandon smith the linebacker from penn state uh picked at 114th i think there is there are a lot of starters 
in this in this draft. So well done to that GM. Uh, that one that one's an A for me. Wow, uh, high praise there. Uh, Baltimore they traded back in the first round with Buffalo, um, but still I think did really well with who they got um, in, with their first round pick. So they got uh, Tyler Linderbaum, who is easily the best uh, internal offensive lineman in this class. Uh, Travis Jones. Uh, D lineman out of Connecticut, uh, Darian Beavis, linebacker, and Trey McBride, uh, and Sam Williams, uh, the edge out of Old Miss. They were their first five picks in the top 100. Thoughts? Yeah, uh, yeah, I, th- I think this is another really good one. I would say this is this is a B plus. Tyler Linderbaum is just a perfect fit mm. there for the for the Ravens. He is so good. You're right. He's the best. He's the best inside guy there. He's absolutely fantastic, and he's someone who they can be like, okay, you're our center now. You'll be here for a decade. Um, Darian Beavers, linebacker from Cincinnati. Big, big fan of him. And Sam, Sam Williams at 100 is really good value. This, this, feels, like a very, this feels like a classic Ravens draft. Mm. I, I, yeah, I, I kind of look at it now and think, yeah, that, it, it does look very much like <laughs> you can expect this to happen. Except for the fact I don't think Linderbaum is going to be there at 25. But no, they'll be lucky. Be, yeah, they would have been licking their chops to, to get him at 25. But I can see him taking him at 14. I really can yeah. see them plugging plugging the, the the button there at fourteen. I think this is like the dream scenario to trade down and still get your guy. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. This, I mean, whether they'll take that risk, I don't know. But they, I, I think he, they know he's the guy for them. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Buffalo Bills, they traded up. They got uh, Kaya Elam uh, from my Florida Gators. Uh, they got Khalil Shakir, wide uh, receiver from Boise State. And then because of that trade up, they obviously sacrificed. So their next pick came at one sixty eight, which was uh, Cardi Mays, um, the internal offensive lineman from Tennessee. Uh, feels like a lot to pay for. Admittedly, it's a position of need, but. I'm not mm. so sure. I I love. I mean, I I watched a lot of him. I think he's, I think he's a good player. I'm not sure I have him as a first round player personally. No, I I say the same. And this this feels like a sorry Bills fans. If this if this happens in real life, I think I think this is kind of a C minus um, a C minus draft. There's just not enough talent coming in. Too much given up for those players. Um, Khalil Shakir is a is a is a good wide receiver, but considering the 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 wide receivers that are available, if you're taking one at 89, then you are not going to get one of the best ones. Obviously, it's if you're absolutely in love with Elam, then I get it. Um, but you do there is a there is a price to pay for the rest of for the rest of that draft class. So C minus disappointing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Carolina, um, interesting. Uh, draft for them because they don't have that many picks. I actually don't know where all of their picks have gone. <laughs> I, I sort of looked at this because there wasn't any trades in there. I just didn't realize they have one. What have they traded for? It's not like they've got a lot of talent. On no, no, no. They should have some buyer's remorse because they they are they are not going to be very busy uh, over over the next few days in the draft. No, I, I I need to go and dig into why they don't have that many picks. But uh, you know, really, the the picks are here: Evan Neal, um, Luke Fortner, the internal offensive lineman from Kentucky, pick one thirty seven, and then Charlie Cohen, the tight end out of uh, Iowa State, at one forty four. Um, hard to grade given the fact that there's such a big gap in their in their draft. Yeah, Evan, Evan Neal's fantastic. Obviously, um, he is someone who you know, whoever ends up being kind of the 
the, the quarterback over the next 10 years or so in Carolina. And we'll just wait to see how it all shakes out there. Who knows? Um, they will love Evan Neal because he's going to, he's going to keep, he's going to keep someone upright. The rest of the draft is a bit ho-hum. There are not many impact players that, I mean, there were no other impact players. Evan Neal's going to make an impact. No one else is. To me, this feels like a C minus again. Yeah. At least, at least without that risk of like trading up to do something cra- or say crazy, like take Elam. Evan Neal at number six is very solid value. Yeah. I, f- I feel like that grade is, is more down to the existing draft capital that the GM had to work with as opposed yes. to the picks that they've kind of made. They could only do what they could do with with the draft capital that they had. And there's a few situations like this, I think, across the board. Uh, moving on to your Chicago Bears, you obviously mm. were very happy last year to get Justin Fields. As a result, there is no first-round draft pick, um, but they've decided to give Justin Fields some weapons. Christian Watson um, and George Pickens, the first two picks here, followed by Ed Ingram to give... Uh, him some protection. He's a guard out of LSU, and then a quarterback, uh, Tariq Castro Fields, uh, and then a nice, you know, addition of probably one of the best punters that we'll ever see in an NFL draft uh, with Matt Arasia, who made headlines at the combine for some of his athleticism. Yeah, the punt guard. I mean, I I think he is absolutely fantastic. Um, but you know what? That's an indulgent pick when you've got a lot of holes on your roster. I mean, no one's no one's looking at the Bears thinking, oh, they're a punter away. So I. This uh, much like much like with the Panthers, where you know the the grade is very much informed by the the lack of draft capital. I think the same the same goes for this. I I'd give the, I'd give this one a C. I think Christian Watson um, is is very good value because I think he's a first round talent. Um, I like George Pickens as well, but he he could slip he could slip into the 50s or 60s i think but there were there were not there were not a lot of players there were not a lot of players that they're able to they're able to take in those in those spots and taking a punter at 150 i think i think someone is going to draft him near that number i don't think that's wild i just think the bears need to be looking at players who are going to spend more time on the field even though i think the punter is going to get a lot of work yeah, I think that's fair. But it, at least it'll be fun for Chicago <laughs> fans to watch uh, Justin Fields at least have some toys to play with this year. Because Darnell Mooney's there as well. So at least it's uh, be exciting for them. I don't think too many Bears fans will be disappointed with that draft if that's what happens. No. Since FC Bengals traded out of round one, they moved back to 37. Uh, they got Boy Maffe, the edge out of Minnesota. Um, Jalen Petrie, the defensive back out of um, Baylor. Uh, and then Zion McCollum, another cornerback uh, out of San. Uh, Sam Houston State, and then Calvin Austin, just because another wide receiver on that roster made complete sense um, yeah. at pick 107, just to give Joe Barry even more weapons. Yeah. I mean, they're in a luxurious position to to trade down and, and get extra picks. Do you feel they made the most of it? Um, mm, I, not not quite. I don't think. Well, uh, the thing is, is that they. I think. It's it's a very good strategy because they didn't have lots of massive holes to fill, and I do like the I do like the players they've picked. But sometimes you know you trade down and you seem to get an absolute um, kind of king's bounty, and I don't I don't see that I don't see that here. When you look at the players they have taken in the top one hundred, they're good, not great uh, in terms of value, but it's a strategy I like, and I think it's a C plus for the Bengals. Moving on to the Browns, they obviously had devoid a lot of picks due to their uh, acquisition of uh, Deshaun Watson. So they have three picks inside uh, the top 100. Uh, Daniel Flale, the offensive tackle from Minnesota. David Bell, the wide receiver from Purdue. Uh, Neil Farrell Jr., DT from LSU. And then shout out to Zachary Carter, the, another defensive tackle. 
uh, from Florida, who actually I do I do like quite a bit. Um, so I think he was good value at 118. Um, thoughts on the Browns? Again, difficult one to grade because they don't have many picks. Yeah, but I I really like I really like Farrell and Carter. Um, that kind of one-two punch out of the SEC where they just you know breed those defensive tackles just in a in a different way. Um, I like David Bell, the wide receiver from Purdue. I think in terms of using a not particularly great set of picks in terms of kind of where they fall on the board. I think the GM's done a really good job here, actually. And I give this, I give this a B. Um, Morford's picks two, three, and four, Bell, Farrell, and Carter that I'm big fans of. Nice. I think that's that's definitely more than fair. Dallas Cowboys, um, I think they've done reasonably well here. Traylon Burks, uh, Nicholas Petit-Ferrer, uh, the offensive tackle out of Ohio State. Um and then Jalen Armour Davis, cornerback uh, out of Alabama, and then Cameron Jurgens, who again is another player I really like, uh, interior offensive lineman from from Nebraska, a pick one twenty nine. So, uh, thoughts on Dallas? Um, this to me is a B plus. I would not be at all surprised if Traylon Burks go to Dallas. Jerry Jones mm-hmm. wanting a flashy wide receiver from his or from his alma mater, Arkansas. It just makes perfect sense. Mm. Um, I, I like Armour Davis as well. I think he's someone who can who can make an impact pretty pretty early on. And Petit Frere, he's just he is so he is so solid. He is he is he's kind of he's a starter very early on, as far as I'm concerned. And also don't sleep on Isaiah Thomas, the defensive end from from Oklahoma. I I think this is a really nice one. They had a lot of picks and made good use of them. Yeah. Absolutely. I think uh, they've done a, a really good job here. Uh, next, we go on to Denver again. Tough situation for Denver because, again, they traded all their capital for uh, Russell Wilson, which I don't think anyone in... Uh, We're not going to begrudge him. ...is going to begrudge. <laughs> uh, but they did take uh, Perry Winfrey from Oklahoma, uh, Nick Benito, the edge from Oklahoma. So they, they got, you know, back-to-back Oklahoma players. Uh, Rashid Walker, uh, offensive tackle from Penn State. They did go tight end, uh, Jalen uh, Widemere. Uh, from Texas A&M at 115, who I think is, is good value there, to be honest. And uh, Samir White, when they went back-to-back, uh, running back out of Georgia. And then I think they got a couple of really late steals, Josh Thompson uh, in the 200s and, and Balen Spector as well. There's a couple of late picks there I really like from, from Denver. Oh, 100%. I think both both those are going to be like surprisingly productive role players in the NFL when wherever they're drafted. I think those... Those are great value picks. I think this was a really tough situation for the for the Denver GM because of where the where the picks fell. But this is a really nice job. I really like Perry on Winfrey, and at sixty four, I think that's good value. Pairing him with Benito is good. Widemeyer, he's really good value. He had he was so good at Texas A and M, and that's someone I think who Russell Wilson would enjoy using. I think this is actually one of the best jobs in this in this draft, making use of those. Uh, those limited selections. And to me, this is a B plus. Nice. Um, Detroit, they trade down from uh, two to four to get uh, Ahmad Source Gardner. Uh, we talked about the David Ajabo pick, uh, Lewis, uh, Lewis sign uh, from Georgia. And then they do go quarterback at pick 66 with, with Sam Howe uh, before adding Max Mitchell on the offensive line. Um, interesting draft. From, I, I will say here that the Detroit GM is not a Detroit fan. So he's just a college football enthusiast. He's a Bucks fan. So obviously I'm not giving him the Bucks franchise because <laughs> uh, I'm not that gracious as a host. Um, so he kind of floats every year and takes a, takes a team that perhaps is a little under-supported. So, uh, you know, what a caveat that he's not an actual fan of the team. But I think uh, 
interested to hear what you think from his. Well, some, sometimes that helps because you you don't you you can look at things in a more rational way. Now, I'm not a fan of Gardner at number four. I think he's someone who could be taken lower. I am a fan of trading down. I think um, the way that the the way that this draft class kind of stacks up. I don't think you necessarily need a pick in the top four or five. I think you can come you can come lower. David Ajabo, I've already said I think he could be a he could be a second rounder. I do like the pick of Sam Howell at sixty six. I think he is a bit of a project. Detroit clearly need a quarterback. There is a school of thought that says you should bring in a quarterback every single year, whether it's an undrafted free agent or you get someone in the lower rounds, just to just to get someone in, see see what you can do with them. So I like the Sam Howell pick. But Overall, I think I think this is kind of this is a this is a D for me, uh, a Detroit yeah. D, and that's that's because of the work in the first round. I've got no problem with everything after that, but I think I'm not a fan of Gardner at four and Ajabo at thirty two personally. Fair enough. Green Bay Packers, they're going to be very busy on draft night. Uh, they've got Drake London as mentioned, uh, Arnold uh, Abikati, uh from Penn State, uh, John Michi uh, from Alabama. Um, they're going Kennard, Darren Kennard, uh, offensive tackle out of Kentucky. Uh, so that's their four picks in the top sixty. Yeah, I, I, I really like. I really like the wide receivers, um, Drake London and John Mechie. That's that's great. If you can get those in the top fifty-three picks, and you're the Green Bay Packers, and you really need wide receivers, I think that's fantastic. That bumps up their score in my head because the other the other picks are just kind of okay. Mm. Um, I think there is some. I think there is some talent. There, I think Mathis from Alabama obviously um, is someone who can you're going to get a lot of snaps out of him, and he's good. Demarco Jackson from from App State, I think, is someone who could prove to be very good value. They got him at 171. To me, this is a B. Would have been higher, um, but there were just too many kind of so-so picks after those fantastic receivers. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Yeah, fair enough. Texans talked about Carl Hamilton. Uh, it took uh, George Kalatifus uh, from Purdue. Uh, Nicobe Dean, linebacker out of Georgia, with their three first-round picks they get uh, as a result of trading in this draft. Isaiah Spiller at 68, uh, Kobe Bryant at 80. So uh, definitely adding some pieces in, in this draft. Yeah, I really, I mean, when I, when I, when I looked at the first round and I saw Carl Hamilton, I was not thrilled. Um, for the reasons I explained at the top of the show, but pretty much everything after that, I am I am a fan of to a certain extent. So I actually think I actually think this is this is a solid this is a solid B plus 
um, because of the defensive players they picked. And also, I think Isaiah, Isaiah Spiller has got the chance to get a lot of carries in this league. If it wasn't for Kyle Hamilton, this, I think, would be one of the best drafts, actually. But that Kyle Hamilton pick, I think, is a big, big reach. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm surprised you went as high as you did after what you said about Hamilton. But I, I know. Sense. I just, I, I, I love 13 and 31. I think those, those are fantastic picks. Yeah. Um, so I think uh, good job by you in there. Uh, Indianapolis Colts, obviously tough one. Not many picks, just two inside the top 100 here. Uh, Tariq Woolen, uh, the quarterback, and Carson Strong at quarterback. Not a lot to talk about here in this draft. They're just very devoid of, of picks in this draft. Yeah, I mean, to me, this is this is a C, but it's kind of an incomplete grade. There's just there's not a lot to go on. Um, Tariq Woolen is is a he's a good cornerback, but if he's the star, if he's the star of your draft class, then obviously things things are not in a in a good place for you. Carson Strong is an intriguing quarterback prospect. He's someone who I think can be a starter one day. He is going to need a fair bit of work. He's quite raw, but this is this is a hard one to grade because of just the lack of picks. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jaguars. We talked about Hutchinson. Uh, Jahir Dotson at 33, Key Walker, uh, linebacker out of Georgia at 65, Darian Kendrick, uh, another quarterback uh, out of Georgia, and Jerome Ford running back out of Cincinnati in the top 106 picks. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think this is the right player at number one, and I think Dotson is that's good, good value in in the second round. I could see him going like top 25. So if they can get him at 33, they should be very, uh, very pleased. The rest of the picks are are decent, but in terms of value and in terms of impact, are obviously not coming near Hutchinson and Dotson. Uh, this, though, I think is a B, and I think Jacksonville's draft in real life last season wasn't great. Trevor Lawrence, we knew he was going to be taken number one, but everything after that, I was not a fan of, and you know, taking a running back so early was a stupid decision. Um, so if they can do this over the next couple of days, then I think Jags fans should be pleased. Yeah. It's kind of a, it's an unspectacular, but necessary draft. I feel absolutely. You're not going to walk away with, uh, with many uh, things to talk about, but I think that's a sign of a, a, a good draft. Well done. Uh, Kansas city, Jameson Williams, a standout wide receiver from Alabama, Cameron Thomas at edge from San Diego state, uh, Christian Harris linebacker out of Alabama and Cam Taylor, Britt, another quarterback out of Nebraska, James Cook running back out of Georgia. Um, Christian Harris um, stands out here for me. I I'm a big fan of his. Um, another kind of from that sort of that linebacker production line uh, in Alabama. Jameson Williams, the wide receiver, is their first pick. is is a great shout. He should fit in very well in Kansas City in this situation. I do I do like this draft. I like it. I like it a lot. I would say this is a, this is a B plus, and I think it's bumped up because I think James Cook um, can also get plenty of carries and be a be a part of that rotation in Kansas yeah, City. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a bit of a crowded running back room, but uh definitely feel like there isn't that many great backs that he would have to display. So I uh, definitely yeah. see a role for him there. And I think he fits that offense nicely. So I agree. Vegas, tough one, traded all their picks for um, Devontae Adams. Um, so they are down to just three picks in this draft. Uh, Leo Chanel, uh, Luke Godrick and uh, Jacoby Durant, who was at pick 228. So, not much to talk about here. No, um, just because of the, and you know, you're in a tough spot here with your, if you're the, if you're the Raiders GM making these picks. But simply in terms of the talent that you've got here, 
I think you're looking at a D minus. Um, you've not been able to pick up any spectacular bargains where someone has fallen and that you should feel thrilled that you've that you've got them. But you got Devontae Adams, so you know, yeah. sleep. You're not too unhappy. <laughs> no, no, you'd probably take that. No, absolutely. Uh, another team, not many uh, picks, especially in the top 100. Uh, the Chargers. Uh, they do go Charles Cross, the tackle out of Mississippi State, Channing Tyndall at 76, the linebacker out of Georgia. Um, I did note Brian Robinson here at pick 160, uh, the running back out of Alabama, which I thought was decent value. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's, you know, this, this draft to me is the, is Cross and Robinson Jr. Those, those are the two I'm most interested in. Like there's, you know, Tyndall out of Georgia. I mean, Christ, it feels like we've already drafted about 100 players from that Georgia defense, um, which if you watched any Georgia games last year, you'd be like, yep, that checks yeah. out. Um, but yeah, Charles Cross is someone who should be able to be a tackle, a tackle there for the Chargers for a long time. But yeah, Brian Robinson, um, pick 160, is, has the potential to be very good value. One of those one of those running backs that you get a lot from in their first mm-hmm. contract and then move on from. Um, and I don't mean that kind of like to say, no. oh yeah, you know, he's, he's, but like, that's a strategy. That's kind of what you need to do. You need to kind of run these running backs into the ground in their first contract and then let them leave. And I think Robinson could be very, very productive. He might get a good second contract somewhere else, but I think it'll be the Chargers who can look back and feel like they got good value from him. And they don't have anyone that could just pound the rock because no. it's not what Austin Eckler does. So I, I really like that pick at 160. I, I kind of saw it when it happened. It was like, wow, I didn't realize he was still there. That was a great pick. Um, the Rams, no picks in the top 100. Cole Strange was their first at 104. JT Woods out of Baylor, uh, 142. Um yeah, not much that the GM could do here with this draft. No, no, and to me, this is a like this is this is a C minus, and it could have been lower if it wasn't for the fact that you know how the draft how how the Rams have treated the draft recently. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I I won't I won't repeat the famous phrase, but the way <laughs> like the, the way this the way this draft has been put together um, in in this mock draft is is kind of similar to how I would expect the Rams to do it. They're not bringing in a lot of talent. They know what they know what they've got. They know their strategy, but it's a it's a bit meh. Cole Cole Strange out of Chattanooga is is a nice one, and that's that's about where he should he should go. But there are, there are not many other players there who you consider to be starters. No, and we I think we can say something very similar here for Miami. Uh, Troy Anderson, pick 102, uh, linebacker out of Montana State. They've obviously traded all their picks for, for Tyreek Hill, and then they also traded uh, to move up last year after moving back. Uh, Alec Lindstrom, uh, the interior offensive lineman for Boston College, at pick 125. Charleston Rambo, uh, at pick 158, who's uh, a wide receiver out of Miami. Yeah, it's, it's it's not great. This is very much kind of like the, the cupboard. The cupboard is bare. Um, <laughs> this 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 is a C minus to me. They're they're in a tough spot. Troy Anderson, Troy Anderson's a good one. He's gonna have to get used to like the speed of the NFL because Montana State is very far from the NFL. Charleston Rambo is someone who I think is gonna get some is gonna get some looks and will make some nice plays, but he's not gonna be anywhere near as productive as the as the as the receivers taken in the top one hundred basically. No, uh, absolutely. So tough one uh, all round for them. Minnesota, Derek Stingley uh, Jr., cornerback from LSU. Uh, Jaquan Brisk, uh, uh, safety from Penn State. Drake uh, Jackson, the edge from USC. Uh, they're three picks in the top 77, and they've got a huge gap. Although I did note Cole Turner went at 184, mm. yeah, which Cole... I thought was really late, which I thought was great value. 
Yeah, Cole Turner. Cole Turner is kind of the the star turn in this in this set of picks in terms of kind of the value because getting him that far back is great. Like I, Derek Stingley, I think he's he should have a good career. Drake Jackson, the the uh, edge rusher out of USC, is also a, is also a pick I like. But it's Cole Turner that when you when you when you kind of cast your eyes through it, that's the one you kind of raise your eyebrows and you say, oh, well played, GM, for uh, for patiently letting him fall in your lap. I think I think this is a B plus for me. Yeah, uh, he was someone I considered at 147, but I did take a different tight end. But uh, if I realized I could have got Cole Turner at 184 I <laughs> or 182, I probably would have made a different pick. Um, New England, um, they traded back. Surprise. Uh, Roger McCurry, uh quarterback out of Auburn. Uh, Chad Moomer, linebacker out of Wyoming. Uh, John Marie Slayer. Uh, from Georgia, another Georgia player. Wanda Robinson from Kentucky. Justin Ross from Clemson. So they do get better at uh, wide receiver with some top uh, wide receivers here in the in the top eighty five. Yeah, I really like Justin Ross, and I think I think that'd be a really good landing spot for him. The, the rest the rest of this is is fine. Um, it's nothing kind of that's going to set the world alight, but it it does fill some gaps, and it's all kind of solid solid guys. Um, to me, this is a this is a C plus. It feels like a very. It does feel like a Patriots draft. Very Trade Patriots back, draft. Get a lot of players who are good, productive. None of them are going to be showstoppers or uh, that elite caliber talent, but players that you know will work in that system and, and do yeah. a good job. Hundred um, New Orleans. So this is without the the second first round pick they would have had. So just two picks in the top one hundred here. Uh, Trevor Penning from uh, Northern Iowa, the uh, offensive tackle, and Alec Pierce, the wide receiver from Cincinnati. Um, yeah, do you know what? I, I've, I've disappointed to not see, not see a, a quarterback taken at some point here. And I, I know there aren't, there aren't lots of options. Um, but this might've been a good, this might've been a good place to pick Desmond Ritter at 49. Mm. Um, Trevor Penning, the offensive tackle from Northern Iowa should be fantastic. That is, that is one of the safe picks in the draft. Alec Pierce, I like, um, but don't love. Um, as the wide receiver, I'm I'm a little bit underwhelmed by this one. I'll be honest, and to me, Murph is a, it's a C minus. Fair enough. Uh, I think that's a, a fair assessment. Um, New York Giants, um, uh, Akeem Ekwonwu, uh, uh, offensive tackle from uh, North Carolina State. Uh, Jermaine Johnson, the edge rusher from FSU. Uh, Kenyon Green, interior offensive lineman, who I do not think will be available at thirty on tonight's draft. Feel it was great value there. Isaiah likely a tight end from Coastal Carolina. Uh, fun draft this, I think. Yeah, I. Do you know what? If 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 they could come away with those three players in the first round, then it's an A. It's an A if if nothing else happens. But um, Isaiah likely, he's a nice pickup at sixty seven. Um, but it, it's all it's all about that. It's all about that three. Uh, I think Jermaine Johnson. The FSU edge rusher is an absolute beast. I think he is going to be a problem for a lot of offensive linemen. I I love this three. I think you're right. If the, if Kenyon Green, I can't see him still being around at 30. But my God, if he is, you take him. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like those two players really fell in this draft. We'll talk about when we get to Tampa's draft. Um, Kayvon Thibodeau, edge uh, for the Jets. Uh, at two, we talked about Garrett Wilson. At 10 for Ohio State. Kyla Gordon at 35. Uh, McDarvin Leal, interior defensive lineman from Texas A&M. Uh, Abraham Lucas, the offensive tangle, uh, tackle from Washington State. So five picks in the top 69. Solid? 
Yeah, it is. It is solid, and even even beyond that, I I think that um, Terrell Ber- Bernard from um, from Baylor, I think he's solid. Kirby Joseph as well, solid. This is actually a really good draft. Kayvon Thibodeau has such a high ceiling, potentially the highest ceiling of any any of the players in this in this draft. Like he was so impactful when he played. The thing that the thing that I don't want to say worries me, but the the knock on him in my mind is that the best game that Oregon played last season was winning on the road in Ohio State. And they did that without Kayvon Thibodeau, their best player. And that makes me wonder, you know, has he been kind of raised up by the players around him? The thing is, is that he is super, super talented. And I think he will fit in well. I think he will enjoy being in the New York market. I think this is a good, really good draft. And I'm going to say A-. minus. Yeah, nice. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles, they have three first-round picks, which we know isn't the case anymore, but we're going to go with it anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. Devonta Wyatt, uh, again, another defensive line from Georgia. <laughs> David Lloyd, linebacker from Utah. Andrew Booth, uh, the quarterback from Clemson, who they get with their three first-round picks. Sky Moore, the wide receiver from Western Michigan, 51. Nick Cross, the safety from Maryland, uh, complete their top 100. Yeah, there is, there is some, there's some top-end talent at the beginning. It does have a bit of a drop-off. I do like Sky Moore. As well, so if you kind of look at their uh, the picks they've got in the top fifty one, I think they're really good. I think this is I think this is a B plus. Um, Wyatt and Lloyd are just I think those are going to be super reliable players on Sundays. Um, and if you could, if you can get both those in consecutive picks, you would be very pleased. We are all entitled to sexual health just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. Um, Pittsburgh Steelers, they go with Kenny Pickett. Uh, from Pitt uh, to challenge for the starting job there. Uh, Sean Ryan, the uh, offensive tackle from UCLA, and Romeo Dubes, wide receiver from Nevada, uh, complete their top 100 picks. Uh, This doesn't excite me, Murph, I'll be honest with you. (laughs) Kenny Pickett, I think he is a good fit for the Steelers. If you're going to take someone in the first round, I think, you know, take a quarterback in the first round, I think he's a, he's a good one. The rest, the rest of the draft is a little bit so-so. They're kind yeah. of, they're, they're good role players, but that's about it. The jury's still very much out on Kenny Pickett. You know, I know yeah. everyone wants to talk about the size of his hands, but there's, it's, he also had a lot of very mediocre seasons and games yeah. with Pitt before that last year, and I do worry about that small sample size. This is a C-minus to me. Yeah, I, I'm not a Pickett fan. I get it. Um, I, and there's not tons of holes, so I kind of get it. But I feel like I would have really loved to see them get uh, sort of a bit more of a flashy player for the, some of the players they could have got um, after pick 20 
mm-hmm. just think either you could have got one of the, uh, the stud wide receivers. Uh, you could have really got yourself like a, a bit of a playmaker. Um, I'm just looking at sort of picks the picks after that. Look yeah, at, I mean, like Chris Olave, just someone, someone like that would just be, yeah, like Tyler, you say. Tyler Linderbaum was there. You can't tell me he couldn't find a role oh, in the offensive line. Exactly. He'd have been a he would have been a perfect fit there for me. Uh, even Jordan Davis, I think, could have could have. You know, you, these are the sorts of players that might not yeah. be the strongest need you have, but I feel like there's a there's a role for him somewhere yeah. there to pass up. So, uh, agree with you there. 49ers don't have many picks due to the Trey Lance trade last year. Um, Logan Hall, the edge um, from Houston. Uh, Dylan Parnham, uh, interior offensive line from Memphis, and Martin Emerson, the quarterback from Mississippi State. Or they're only top uh, 100 picks, but nothing in the first round. They're picking late in the second. Yeah, this is this is a very mild uh, draft. This is not something you know. We talk about kind of spicy. This is very yeah. mild. Um, it's I, I I like Martin Emerson, the Mississippi State uh, corner. I think he's someone who's got a bright future. But overall, this feels like a C minus. But this is this is because of what they did last year, and they they had a guy they wanted in Trey Lance, and they knew this would be the cost, and I think they'll be prepared to pay that cost, even though we don't know what we've got in Trey Lance yet. Um, I think it's a it's a fair trade off for the 49ers. Yeah, Seahawks on a mass rebuild after what they've given away, um, and wouldn't be surprised if they see see more trades on. Uh, Draft night seem to get even more picks, but they go Malik Willis, we talked about, uh, Bernard Raymond, uh, offensive tackle for Central Michigan, uh, Kingsley and uh, Agbare, the edge from South Carolina, uh, Damon Clark, the linebacker from LSU, uh, and, and Mikel Wright, uh, the quarterback from Oregon in the top 109 picks here. Solid yeah, rebuild? I, it's, I feel it's it's a baby steps. Um, Malik Willis, I would totally get it um, if they... If they took him at nine, it would make it would make some sort of sense. But there are far more talented players around. You've got to be absolutely sold on a guy if you are going to take that quarterback in the in the top ten. And I'm not I'm not one hundred percent sure on it. And then the the players afterwards, I think they're just they're they're building blocks, but they're not game changers. Um, to me, it's a C plus. Fair. Tampa Bay Zion Johnson, interior offensive lineman. From Boston College, Brees Hall, we've talked about pick 60, running back from uh, Iowa State. Marcus Jones, cornerback from Houston at 91. Jake Ferguson, pick 147 uh, from uh, Wisconsin. And then shout out to um, Michael Woods the second, just because he's one of my favorite players in this draft, at pick 249. Uh, this is one of the worst of the lot. This is just, <laughs> this is someone who clearly does not pay any attention to college football or the NFL. Um, and I think was probably um, under the influence of alcohol chewing. No, actually, this is this is actually a really good, this is a really good draft. Um, and it would have been it would have been funny if you had totally balls it up, but you haven't. Um, I think Brees Hall at sixty is is fantastic. I think he can do a lot. Zion Johnson, it's it's a kind of, it's the boring obvious one. Um, I think he will do a very good job there. And I was wondering if you were going to actually mention Michael Woods or just kind of like pass him by, because I think he is an absolute baller. And he is, he is going to be, he is going to be a later round pick and someone's going to get it. So there's going to be a handful of GMs who are waiting in a particular round to be like, if Woods is falling, I am taking him. And the Bucks would absolutely love him. Like, 
how much how much will will Tom Brady love that kid straight oh. out of the gate? He so, just it just waited at the combine, and I, I just cannot believe there's no buzz on on Michael Woods. I've been trying to bang the drum for him on everything I talk about, and just see him as someone with such a high ceiling, but just a great kid, great yeah. personality. Um, with shots in clearing up after the combine, clearing up the medical tape and things like that. Just think he's a super super kid who's gonna. He's in the right situation. He's going to have a great career. It's oh, a tough room it. to break into, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're right about the, the right the right situation. If he can if he can get in somewhere where it's, I actually think he's going to he's going to benefit from a crowded room like he will get like he would get in Tampa Bay. I think he can he can benefit from that without having to be kind of like one of the guys to learn and be around a quarterback who. You know, I was I when I say I'm obviously not thinking like, oh, you're a quarterback like Tom Brady. There are no other quarterbacks like Tom Brady. There's just Tom Brady. But a quarterback who's experienced and knows how to spread the ball around, that is the ideal situation for him. If if he ends up in Tampa Bay, he could have a long career as a buck. Yeah, I hope so. Great for the Bucks, because I'm curious. <laughs> oh yeah, I would forgotten that. No, this is uh this is an A minus. This is an A minus. I love it. Uh, I'll take that to the bank. Um <laughs> Checks in the post. Um, <laughs> Tennessee, there are two more Tennessee Titans. Chris Olave, the standout here. They do go Matt Corral uh, at pick ninety. Jeremy Rucker, uh, the tight end out of Ohio State, at pick ninety eight. Um, this is another one that I like a lot. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Chris Olave. Matt Corral, I think, is perhaps the most intriguing of the quarterbacks. He needs some work. Well, I mean, don't they all? He might need a bit more work. He might be kind of the the roughest around the edges and it might be that he's got some personality issues we shall we shall see once he's in the nfl but i think at pick number 90 that's a pick you have to make if you are thinking about the future which the tennessee titans should be thinking about the future at quarterback i like rocket from ohio state and i i think Reggie Robertson, Robertson from uh, SMU is someone who again will make an make an impact. Not, yeah. you know, not a. I don't expect him to get like a hundred catches anytime soon, but someone who can just get those get those third down conversions and get those red zone touchdowns. I think this is a really nice one again, and I'm going to go with another A minus. Nice, and we finish with the Washington Commanders. They go Trent McDuffie at cornerback. Uh, Tyler Smith, offensive tackle uh, from Tulsa, and Brian Asamoah, uh, the linebacker from Oklahoma. Uh, but they do they do go QB. Uh, Bailey Zapp, uh, the QB from Western Kentucky, at pick one eighty nine. Yeah, I think um, I think he is an intriguing quarterback, a project, and I think when I say about like you should you should take a quarterback every year. That's the sort of guy. Take a guy like that and see what you can do. This one is. This one is a little bit top heavy because I do like Trent McDuffie and the other people kind of less so. It's a solid one and I'm going to give it a C, which by Washington standards is actually very high. Yeah. Uh, I think they've, they've got bigger problems right now uh, <laughs> than, than that. Um, should also point out, it wasn't put on the, the sheet for whatever reason, but Cleveland, because uh, I was wondering why he hadn't gone, but he did go. Skylar Thompson... Cleveland went another QB into Skylar Thompson at uh, pick 247, which I feel like uh, he might never play for Cleveland, but I'm sure someone should have taken him before then. 
yeah i yeah i agree and the, this this is it take someone take someone because you just don't know you know there's there's this idea that if if you've already got if you've already got your quarterback and the browns will feel that okay we've got our quarterback now that that guy who can come in and learn if they turn out to be good then you can you can trade them and get a draft pick that was considerably higher than the one that you picked them with you know it's a it is it is still a potential investment and he is someone who could develop into a starter somewhere in this league but you're right probably not cleveland uh, in the long term no absolutely well i appreciate you going through uh all of this i think it's been hugely beneficial not just for all of us listening but for the gms who took part and thank all of those gms who took part um did a phenomenal job yet again um but ben this has been brilliant to catch up and, and pick your thoughts um tell everyone where they can find you uh if you've got anything on the pipeline that people can read and enjoy that's coming out uh first i just, i also want to congratulate the gms because it is it is a logistical nightmare doing these doing these drafts so all of you involved in it just keeping it all together is fantastic and it's it's so entertaining for someone like me to kind of to go through it um find me at tweets from ben talking uh sometimes nonsense sometimes good stuff um on on twitter i'll be tweeting all the way through all the way through the draft um because i will be staying sober obviously um because there's no there's no bears pick in the first round so i won't <laughs> be celebrating like i was about about justin fields um the big thing i'm doing right now is my new book which is called the american football revolution and it's all about nfl fandom in the uk and it's interviewing a lot of a lot of people who make up the incredible fan scene in the in the in the uk i i don't think enough has been written about not enough credit has been given to the uk fans like we talk about the way the game has grown over here and and the work that the broadcasters have done the, the things that the nfl has done bringing games here and not enough has been said about the fans themselves and the actual community and you know uh one of the people i've interviewed for the book murph is like they've They've singled you out and they've singled out, you know, Five Yard Rush for the work that you've done for the community and making sure that if you are new to the sport and you want to play, you want to play fantasy, that you give them a home, you help guide them. And fantasy has played a huge part in creating the fandom that we have and get to enjoy in the UK today. So look out for that book. It's it's still some way off. It's being written now, but don't expect it to be published until September 2023. But I'm going to put a request out there because I really want to speak to a Scottish Claymores fan from the NFL Europe days. If that is you or someone you know, someone who went to a lot of Claymores games and really, really loved everything about that team and NFL Europe, please hit me up on Twitter because there is a place in the book with your name on it. It's an important part of the UK's NFL history. Well, there we go. So first of all, whoever was kind enough to say some nice words, uh, appreciate <laughs> that. Your check will also be in the post. This show is going to cost <laughs> me a lot of money by the end of it. Uh, but no, if you are a Claymore's fan or know a Claymore's fan or just uh, have a, a loose affiliation with the Claymore's, then please do get in touch with Ben um, or myself and I'll forward you on the Ben either way. Um, but yeah, let's make it happen. And uh, I can't wait for the new book. The, the first one, which was... Uh, 
uh, was it today in the NFL or a day in the NFL? Yeah, today in the NFL. That was like that. That book almost killed me. I swear to God, like, that was that one was ridiculous because that one was about six, seven hundred pages, whereas this one's yeah. going to be about two hundred and fifty. Thank God. So this one, this one is an absolute breeze in comparison. And I always wondered why did no one ever write a book about like this day in NFL history for every single day of the of the calendar, and then you start doing it, and then you think, oh, this is why. <laughs> Because it's absolute hell. So oh, but, the but it was a terrific read, and it's uh, <laughs> definitely a worthy gift. So make sure, make sure you buy a copy uh, at some point. I know Amazon; you could get it with your Amazon subscription at some uh, point. Yes, yeah. If you've got if you've got Amazon Prime, you can read it for free. But I still get paid. Um, and if you want more information on that, that's nflhistorybook.com. There you go. So you don't even have to buy it. Just click it open, read the pages. Ben gets paid. Everyone's happy. He gets to come back on, plug the book again, give us some more knowledge. He makes more money. Everyone's happy. This is the this is the way the world works. Um, Yeah. But Ben, appreciate you coming on. Uh, As always, enjoy the draft tonight. Um, and look forward to some of your uh, analysis as each pick as we. Hopefully, I'd, a lot of people are apparently going to be predicting trade backs, but I can't imagine that many people want to move up. So No, um... that's the thing. People want to trade back, but you need people to trade up to do it. So, yeah. I, I will say this. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bucks do move up. If Zion Johnson is on the board at, say, 20-ish, and they're getting a bit twitchy, we've seen the Bucks. Uh, you know, they're not... That's the biggest area in in. in uh, to fill is if they can get Zion Johnson there, I think that they will do it because, um, and they'll move up. They're not afraid to to move up uh, at all. We saw them a couple of years ago get Tristan Wirfs and move up one pick to do it, uh, and I don't think they're going to mind trading a fourth round, third round pick to do it. No, if they can, if 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 it works out as well as Tristan Wirfs, then they should be very pleased. <laughs> yeah, I mean to move up one pick, and I think it cost a fourth round pick. Um, <laughs> Which I think I think they they did all right with. So yeah, uh, but appreciate it as always. Um, and everyone at home, please hope you uh, you know like subscribe, um, tell your friends, write a review. Um, and yeah, if you want to be part of the NFL uh, UK fans NFL draft next year, uh, you can follow the account. It's in the details. And uh, if there's any spots that come up, I will let you know. But until then, Rush Nation, enjoy draft night. And as always, don't forget, keep rushing. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.